are you ready for a podcast? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm so ready. I'm very excited. Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. If you didn't care. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about what happened to me. The Pink Floyd album Animals. Waldron, it's time for you to set the table. I didn't care. Okay. Billy, I hope you brought six songs. <laughs> this is a band that breaks the format of our podcast, or at least our relationship to it. This band breaks the format of the show. So we're doing things a little differently. Yeah, there are only five songs on the album. Occasionally glancing up through the rain. I love playing this song on guitar. It's super simple and just sounds good and it's so Pink Floyd-y. Do you think that there's a lot of EQ on this guitar so that it's just the high end of it? Or is that how he's playing it? I don't really know. Sounds like maybe the mic is further away. When you play it, do you just play the high end parts? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Billy, because... There is a melodic component to the next song, Mm -hmm. Dogs, Mm. that it's not based on where you finger the strings, but rather which strings you play in your right hand. Mm -hmm. I want you to listen to the highest notes. He goes... He'll play the high E or not the high E, and that makes a melodic moment hmm. right here you got to be crazy it does sound like he's hammering on as he plays the chord he's not hammering on what he's doing is either playing it or not playing the note huh. the, the e string uh-huh. and sometimes he plays it and sometimes he doesn't uh-huh. that makes sort of a, a melodic back and forth Are there two guitar? There are two guitars, are there not? There's one guitar here, I think. He might be doubling it, but I think it's one. I don't know, but I think it's one. Okay. The chords are crazy chords that you've, except for the first one, they're chords you've never heard of. So Pink Floyd is one of the sacred cows of our thing. So you've got two sacred cows. You've got the Neil Young and the Led Zepp episodes or Mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have the Radiohead and the Pink Floyd ones. So these are the first of the sacred cows that we're getting into here. And um, (laughs) what's more, Mm -hmm. this is a pick that isn't my favorite Pink Floyd album. (laughs) It's in my top five. But it isn't even in my top three, or maybe even not in my top four favorite Pink Floyd albums. This is sort of, remember when we started the podcast and we did Steely Dan because we were like, okay, if we screw up Steely Dan, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the same thing. Like, uh, I love Animals. I it's, a good, it's a good album. I love the album. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite Pink Floyd album. So this is like you're tr- sort of like dipping your toe into <laughs> right. Pink Floyd's oof.
this is an album that bears listening to with headphones. Right. It totally is. All the tom fills I love on this album because the toms are in the stereo mix very intentionally. Right. With certain toms on the left side and certain toms on the right or varying degrees of the left and the right. And it really feels like you're standing at the drum set. Right. Do they mic it so that they go in the correct sort of position in the toms or do they get creative that way? Or? I think they might get creative that way. So like the correct position, it would kind of depend on whether you're sitting at the drum set or like right. standing in front of it. Right. But like if you're sitting at the throne, the higher ones would be on the left and the lower ones would be on the right and the bass drums often in the center. That's typically what I do when I'm mixing drums, but that's like selfish. It's just because it <laughs> sounds normal to me, you know? But I actually think to that question, it's not necessarily linear where the high ones are on one side and the low ones right. are on another side. And I was listening for that, but I don't really know. All right, here's the guitar solo time. Oh my God. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, he. I, I just heard some of the toms, and it does kind of bug me when they are like randomly placed left and right uh -huh. like that, and then they just sort of pop it. I kind of like it, but it also kind of bugs me when you just sort of hear a tom out of nowhere in the far right. Uh-huh. That's definitely two guitars. A lot of halftime drums on this song. <laughs> like I count this like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Is that how you hear it? False. You hear it as a slower? I do. I do hear the snare on two and four here. But I don't know. You could probably talk me into the other way too. Honestly, it's an arbitrary distinction, right? You could write it either way. But there's a switch in the time coming. Okay, it's time for dog noises. Some woofing. Some howls. I think I read that the dog noise here is from the same recording session where they recorded the dog on the song Seamus, which is on the album Metal. Hmm which is also one of the albums that's better than this one, in my opinion. Hmm. This is halftime, dude. <laughs> okay, you talked me into it. Great guitar solo coming in here. I think that this album set the template for my love for the Rhodes piano sound. Mm. You get a little of it here. On those chords. All right, here. Go crazy, Dave Gilmore. Right here, these chords right here, listen. <laughs> that's, 
That is badass. That's one of those where we haven't talked much about equal temperament in the podcast, Billy, but I have songs that I've recorded where I needed to have different takes, one for each chord. in the, say, three or four chord progression, because if you get the intonation perfect on like an equal temperament thing, you don't get quite the right third. If you want that third... I don't know what you're... I don't know know what equal temperament means. You have to help me and our besties out here with some background. I'll try it and maybe we cut it if it's just way too much, but you know when you tune your guitar and you tune the A string to the E string and you tune to the fourth there, right? Yeah. You go up to the fourth of the E and that gives you the A. Yeah. And you keep on doing that, more or less doing exactly that down the neck. Well, the problem with that is that if you tune those perfectly into a circle of fifths, it doesn't equal out at the end. Hmm. You end up on the other side of that a little bit flat. And so you need to sharpen each of the notes a little bit to make them equal. And that's called the equal temperament. And this was all done in sort of Bach era. Right here, drag down by the stone, that word stone, in the delay. We just changed to 6-8. Okay. Uh, the, the word stone, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up in a minute. That stone word is going to keep on echoing until... I hear it change over to dog, dog. Oh, wow. That's cool. What were you going to say? So the bass drum is happening on the one, and otherwise there are like six ride cymbal taps. Two, three, four, five, six. Through three, four, five, six. And eventually it really starts to sound like a heartbeat because you start getting like a doo-doo. So you get like a one-y on that one. Is it play or is it played? I think it's I think it's played. I don't know. But it, I like the way the second beat is like, first of all, lower. So it's lower volume, lower amplitude. But it's also like, it's muted so well that it sounds like you're listening to a heartbeat by putting your head on someone else's chest. Do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like you're hearing it through a body. I, I think that's so amazing. One note, but it's amazing. Real quick, what we're hearing here, the dog noises here are actually Roger Waters, and that is the um, vocoder. So this is not a sample. This is like early synthesizer business where he's making doggy noises and putting them <laughs> through the synth to give them effect. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so earlier it was real dog noises, and here it's pseudo no- pseudo dog noises. Right. Synthetic dog noises. Th- these are not the... I think so. I, huh. It sounds pretty convincing. I wonder if they used the recorded dog noises and put those through the vocoder. I know that huh. Roger Water use, uses a vocoder uh-huh. in here somewhere. Keep on talking. You were talking about heartbeat. I think by now we're... Now there's a little bit of a snare action, too. Right? The snare gives you the echoed... Yeah, that happens on the... That was happening on the drum beat, too, while, while the dog noises were happening. Too e. Yeah. Played or echo? Played. I would say played. 
This is such a tri it's so trippy. <laughs> I love the whistle for the dog noises because that's the melodic phrase for whistling for a dog that we used to use in our house when I was growing <laughs> up. The dog that I have in the room with me right now has a different melodic phrase when we whistle for him. It's very different. Huh. Every dog should have their own melody, Billy. Like a dog motif. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, what if you if you use equal temperament and you play the third a third interval? Yeah. It's not as satisfying or wonderful as if you flatten it out a little bit. And so like there have been recordings that I've made where I needed that third to be just sweet as can be, and so hmm. I kept it flat. Really good guitarists will keep it flat a little bit and then bend the note, or sometimes you push down really hard on it to, to bend it forward, and you can move the intonation that way. Wow. That's like a whole technique I didn't know was a thing. Go a bit. Come on, a little bit confused. Sometimes it seems to me as if I'm just being you. Now we're back in 4-4, four, four, by the way. Yeah. And we're back to those chords. Roger Waters singing. And this album is a very Roger Waters thing. Mm. This is sort of like precursor to The Wall. which is almost pure Roger Waters Pink Floyd phrase. Mm -hmm. Like this sort of sh showed the whole band kind of where he was going to go and where he was going to take everything. Hmm. And I don't think everybody wanted to go for the same ride. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're going to talk about their very best and we're talking personnel, mm. I got to say I'm team Dave Gilmore, not team Roger Waters. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> He's kind of a dick. A little fascistic, maybe. Well, it's weird that he's got such an anti-Nazi theme in the wall, right? And yeah. he's kind of a dick. Yeah. guitar solos do you want in one song? You just keep having more. It's great. Do you think this is something they did in like one take or is this a multi-track? <laughs> no, this is all very multi-taked. I'm definitely it's multi-take stuff and multi-section stuff that they have yeah. to piece together. Yeah. Harmonize. I don't think we need a repeat of this guitar solo or melodic phrase. This doubled guitar solo here, I don't know that we need it. Mm -hmm. But what we do need is the the lyrics that follow it. Who is this? Who is that? Who is dragged down by the stone? Yeah. 
hear those drums nicely. Yeah. You know, in terms of like, do the lyrics matter or not matter? I would say this is a pretty existential album where the lyrics do matter. What do you think? This was one of the first examples where I ever sort of discovered on my own the DHM in the wild. Do you know DHM? Deep Hidden Meaning. Mm. You know, it's like mm. you read a book or whatever and there's a surface level understanding, but then you got to go for the DHM underneath. Mm. And this is like, I, when I realized, oh my God, this is based on Animal Farm, mm -hmm. Orwell, mm -hmm. I was very impressed with myself. Not that deeply hidden, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not, but when I was, I must have been 15 or 16 okay. when I found it, and so I thought I was uh, yeah. pretty smart. I was like, I wonder who else knows about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Do you think the lyrics, though, I, I think that it's very loosely based and not hidden, but loosely based. And I don't know whether the lyrics really tie it to the Orwellian story. Oh, Moonbird. So are you ready for Pigs, three different ones? That's the yeah. third song. Yeah, I am. Love the bass on this one. Here, that bass is Dave Gilmore, not Roger Waters. And Roger Waters plays the very good rhythm guitar on this thing. Huh. So, okay, Roger Waters kind of a dick, but I think played good guitar here. I think I love the feel he gets with it because he keeps the rhythm of the of the pattern in his right hand without playing very much. Listen. This part we're hearing right now what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Rhythm guitar, listen here. Keeps it going very subtly and quietly. I hear it. Yeah, it's cool. Right. So there's like um, dynamics in his in his rhythm hand. Charade you are. Charade you are. Dogs and pigs and sheep. <laughs> what is a pig on the wing? Is that like a high flying dickhead? Well, we should talk about <laughs> pigs on the wing. You know, the album cover mm -hmm. of this album is. It's a picture of the Battersea Power Station. Mm -hmm. This is a real photograph, or it's actually two real photographs, but at the time that it was taken, this was a pretty industrial part of London. Mm -hmm. And the inflatable pig that you see floating mm -hmm. amidst the smokestacks is an mm -hmm. actual large inflatable pig that was created and flown. Now, that particular photo of that pig mm. is from a different photo. It was there in that exact spot, and it was photographed there before, but it's superimposed from a different photograph because they needed the right, I don't know, lighting or something. Wow. <laughs> There's your pig on the wing right there. Mm -hmm. 
Could use the cowbell. <laughs> Pig noises here are Dave Gilmore with a talk box. <laughs> Hear it. I love how you had the you have all the animal sounds behind the music, how they did each each different one. <laughs> well That's awesome. It's because I read about who played what. And, you know, after you get past, you know, that on this song, it's uh, Dave Gilmore plays the soloing bass notes and Roger Waters plays the rhythm guitar parts. Then you see vocoder and you see talk box and you're like, what the hell was all that? So <laughs> it's a thing that's there to be read. So I read it. I love it. That's great. So wait, that was a wah pedal right there? Or a vocoder or a talk box? It's a talk box. This part right here? Yeah, it's him playing guitar notes and, and using the talk box. Okay. What is the talk box again? So it's a, it's a little effects pedal where it takes the sound input from your guitar and it puts the sound through a tube that you then put near your mic stand and the sound comes through the tube and then you shape and it goes into your mouth and you <laughs> shape the sound of the noise with your mouth it's so wild and your mic that's right next to the tube picks that up huh. and that's how and that's how you get all that like Peter Frampton talk box stuff That is so wild and weird and contrived. It's like so weird. I always wanted one, but I was afraid of it because I heard that it would knock your fillings out. You know, like you play really loud or whatever and and the vibrations all in your mouth. I, I mean, is that is that true? Is that like Coca-Cola and Pop Rocks will blow up your stomach? It's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't have cause for playing a lot of like uh, Frampton-y, Gilmore-y guitar yeah. solos these days. But yeah. back when I was 19, man, I kind of wished I'd had one. Also back then it was the 80s and they weren't around very much. Like mm. I guess somebody had them, but like we were all playing like chorus instead mm -hmm. of like distortion and talk box stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I wasn't. I was playing this crap. <laughs> Just that with the talk box. I don't know, maybe I should declare this the very best song. It's good. listened to the album a lot did you billy i did i listened to it on repeat i listened to it in the shower i listened to it on the plane <laughs> i listened to it in the car yeah 
The most closely I listened to it when I was on this trip to Milwaukee and back, you know, where you like put your phone in airplane mode, right? And then you close your eyes, just listen. It's a great album. I feel like it rewards close listening because you keep hearing different things. You're nearly a laugh, but you're really a cry. Ooh. Like, I want to believe that the lyrics are more than just stuff that sounds great. Because it does sound great. Radiate cold shafts of broken glass. It sounds too rhythmic to actually mean anything, right? Mm. It just sounds good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is my favorite song on the album. You think it's the best one, huh? There are moments when I think it's the best one. Walked into the episode, Billy, I was thinking maybe dogs was the best one and not pigs. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I mean, dogs and I like I like all of the songs, but I think I like dogs and sheep. I like sheep too. Another solo. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you've got a 11 or 17 minutes or a 10 minute song, all Billy. So far, okay, we just went to a different note. <laughs> Now a third note. (laughs) One thing I've noticed about your taste in guitar solos that's sort of baffled me for a while is that (laughs) you seem to listen to the sound of the guitar more than I do. Hmm. I'm listening mostly for the notes that are in there. Mm. Maybe it's because I started my whole career as a guitarist trying to imitate Dave Gilmore guitar solos. Mm. And you want to play the notes right first, and then you can worry about the sound later. Yeah, yeah. Notice how the bass drum just got much more busy in terms of the number of notes. At the end of the song, it like doubles its note count. Just in time for the fade out, the long fade out. Yeah. That's interesting what you're saying about uh, me listening for the tone. I think it might be a drum thing, potentially, um, because, you know, we don't have that many notes with drums. (laughs) Right. Right. And one thing that I'm still learning a lot more about is just technique. Like, it's not just about what you play, like what note at what point in the song, but how you played it. And at least with the drums it's like how relaxed were you or how tense were you or how much did you let the sticks rebound off the head or or how much ahead or behind the beat did you go right what part of the drum head did you hit how what was the stick doing with respect to the rim when you hit it did you have moon gel on it did you have moon gel Ooh, we have to talk about the Rhodes piano sound okay this is what a Rhodes should sound like in my opinion should there be birds in the background? <laughs> there are sheep noises. I don't know how they were made. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Okay, now... Roger Waters' bass note, pedal point, 
single note. He's about to play it, and it'll be boom, ba 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 da boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. In this case, he plays each note with a pick. In future, when you get that, or maybe it's the past, like in metal, the song echoes. Mm. That is actually a much simpler pattern, and the multiple notes are coming from the delay. Huh. So it's like one out of the three notes gets played. Huh. In this case, I think he's playing all of them. I think that too. But when you get that same pattern in other Pink Floyd songs, and they happen a lot, Interesting. I'm pretty sure it's a delay. There you have some pan action. Well, that's in the Rhodes. The Rhodes does that? Yeah. Could that have been backwards cymbal noise? Yes, I think so. Let's hear it. Okay, this is cool because the vocal note is held and faded out while the synth note is... Comes in. Yeah, that is cool. Comes in and faded in. Makes it sound like a transition in the voice. Yeah. He'll do it again. Yeah. (laughs) There's like a call and response thing going on with the vocal and the guitar. Things are not what they seem. Meek and obedient, you follow the leader down well-trodden corridors into the Valley of Steel. That's all very rhythmic. Sounds very industrial. One thing I noticed about the Dawes episode that we recorded recently yeah. is that I forget the guy's name that writes the songs, but he doesn't seem to care about the rhythmic pattern of the of the lyrics compared <laughs> to the song. Like all of that stuff. Every single word fits beautifully in the Mm. rhythmic pattern of the phrase that he's singing. Whereas with Dawes, intentionally or not, it just seems like there would be a natural emphasis on a syllable where it kind of wouldn't belong in the phrase. Hmm. That might be an an intentional choice, or it might be an indication that the lyrics were written ahead of time, which, as you know, I think is the incorrect way to do it. (laughs) Trippy. Time for Richard Wright, the keyboardist, to shine here. I love that guitar phrase, too. In the right ear, here. (laughs) (laughs) Now the drums are shuffling. Right. And maybe the whole song was like that with the bass in the original in the beginning. But you can really hear it's a shuffle now. It's not straight anymore. The bass wants you to think of it, right? So many different guitar overdubs. It's hard to keep track of them all. 
And now you're going to get Roger Waters with a... <laughs> Is this where uh, Roger... love that. All right. This album seems to be the kind of album that if you listen to it a few times, you start to be able to anticipate the different parts. Do you feel that? Like you... This album is so ingrained in my memory, Billy, mm. that I could never have remembered a time <laughs> yeah. where I was maybe anticipating mm -hmm. it, right? I just know mm -hmm. it by mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. You're going to get Roger Waters reciting a, a thing that is sort of based on the 27th Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, very vocoded. Yeah. With bright knives, he releaseth my soul. He makes me to hang on hooks in high places. It's pretty grim. To me, there's a through line between this and, like, Radiohead. Do you agree with my Radiohead connection? Well, you know that I do think that there is a through line between Pink Floyd and Radiohead, and you know that I believe that it, it goes through maybe Talk Talk after this, and then and then to Radiohead, and then after that, I don't know, we've talked about it. Is it uh, My Morning Jacket? We've talked about this, this exact thing when we talked about Talk Talk, mm -hmm. right? Yes. But when we talked about it, talking about Talk Talk and My Morning Jacket, I think it felt abstract to me. But like in that vocoder part, that sounded like the computer voice that Radiohead uses on OK Computer <laughs> to me. Right. So I don't know. It's a little bit specific. Well, so I don't know if we can say that it's decided. I mean, I've got my very favorite parts. I don't know if it's something to be decided. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like, I think Dogs is my favorite song on the album. I don't know if it's the best one, but I love the journey you go on. Well, I'll say this, Dogs, I've got notes about stuff that happens at five different places, whereas the other songs, <laughs> it's four each. So based on that. I also, I like the time change too, going from 4-4 four, four to 6-8, and I like that bass drum note that sounds like a heartbeat. I like that a lot. Okay, let's, let's, it is decided that the best song on the Pink Floyd album, Animals, is Dogs. Wow, amazing. Yeah, I think that's a good one um, and good call. Washington, what should people do? Billy, you know the people have to get in touch. How do they get in touch? Yeah, they should get in touch with Instagram, with Facebook, by email. There may be a phone number coming in the future. Oh. Uh, some of the past hosts have been given access to a phone number they can use to leave their picks. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, folks, go to our website, listen to the playlist, and please give us a five-star review. We love it when you do. Five stars only. Thank you to our friends who have given us those reviews. Thanks so much. Now, when I play this song, I always sing the first set of lyrics and not this one. Maybe it should be this one. The guitar on this really sounds like the guitar on Wish You Were Here. You know that I care. Like, it sounds like the same guitar, the same session. You know what I mean? Like, the same room. Um, do you agree? You were right that this is doubled. I honestly thought, not only was it doubled, but I thought the chords were slightly different when I was listening to it. Either two different players or two different places on the neck. Different uh, voicings, maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
Was this recorded at Abbey Road or was this recorded somewhere else? So I don't feel alone on the way to the stone. It was recorded at their own studio that they made. Oh. Britannia Rose Studios. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do more of these, so beware. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best. A shelter from pigs on the wing. <laughs>